Okay, I do have a few announcements to make here before we go further in our service. Um, we do have a fellowship meal today following the service prepared by Carla and Scott Mandrell. We're thankful for that, so that will be after the service. Remember the Wednesday activities we have each week now? Uh, actually, they're on all, most of the day on Wednesday, different things going on. You can see on the screen, I believe, and then also if you don't, uh, if you haven't seen our updates, they're on our Facebook page. You can find uh, on there the activities of the week, or you can have them emailed right to you as well. Uh, get us, get Pastor Dean your email, and he'll forward that on to you. Also, our financial report for last year and our budget for next year are available on the counter by the mailbox, if you'd like to see that. Uh, coming up event here will be a baby shower for Abby Cooley and her new baby. Kind of for Doug, too. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and we're, we'll pray for Abby here in a, a moment again, too. That's, due date is coming Wednesday, I believe. So anyway, there's a shower coming up. Sign up there's at the Welcome Center in the back. And then some folks looking to have a fish fry also. They're looking for some more fish. So Danny Fisher, you could talk to him uh, if you have fish and you can bring them for us. That'd be great. And we don't have a date set for that. We'll find that out when we get the fish, right? So. Uh, and I'll mention this right away. Uh, I'm going to be sharing more about Mathis Dudley and Kenton Chantel in a moment, but we will be receiving offerings today for the Dudleys for expenses with things. There are various expenses that come with housing, being at the hospital and such, and uh, so we're, we're doing that. We're, you can uh, put your offerings in an envelope, indicate it for the Dudleys and put it in the box in the back there and we will get those to them. Um, I had a call from Kent here just a little bit ago. Some of you here visiting, uh, just let you know there's a family, usually they're sitting right in the front row here, uh, Kent and Chantel Dudley. Uh, they have a lot of, they have children of their own, but they also have a lot of children that uh, they have brought in as foster children or adopted. And uh, a lot of them are children that have severe either physical or other kinds of handicaps or needs. And they've had in the last since 2016, there's been four of their children that have transferred to heaven. And uh, uh, many of you know Mathis. He's nine years old. I don't know, can you find the picture of Mathis? I believe I have a, a picture of him we could put up there maybe. Uh, he had surgery for to put in a heart valve on Tuesday, and uh, complications came with that, and uh, evidently there was not sufficient oxygen to his brain during the surgery, and um, so it's been quite a storm that Kenton Chantel and their family, and you know, it's us as a church family too, I think we that know them some may not know them as well, but we really, and that, that's the thing about a church family, you know, and we are, that's what we are together. We're a church family. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to follow through on, I had the thought when we were worshiping to ask whoever, you know, it can be anybody, but if, you, if we could just fill up this row right here. 
just have people come and sit in this row. Yeah, it might be you, whoever it is. I don't care, but we need six people just to come and sit there on their behalf. And uh, um, so did we get the picture up there? Okay, that's it. All right, we'll get one. But anyway, I think many of you have seen some of our posts that we did, and then also uh, Facebook, Chantel or, and or Kent have been posting things there through the week. And it's been a storm, like we were singing about storms. and. They were at a place yesterday that the uh, thought was that the storm was, you know, coming to a close and actually a place there wasn't very much brain activity because of what had happened. And so uh, the thought was to prepare Mathis's body then to be able to give whatever organs and such that could be used for other people. And that still is a thought there. But I was, I think I mentioned, I just talked to him a few minutes ago, Kent and Chantel. And uh, he says, uh, last night we went home and we had a supper and uh, feeling we had, we're done with decisions about should we leave this on, you know, support. They went to their motel then, had a pretty good night's sleep, he said, and even lingered a little bit this morning to get back quite as soon because they thought they would be in the next step of the process for donating his organs. But he, but they got there, and the nurses, they hadn't talked to the doctor yet. But, in fact, I, we got our phone on. If I said, just be free to call right during the service if... if if you need to or want to. And so we got the phone there. We might even get that update yet, another one. But um, they're still, they weren't at that point yet. There still was some brain activity, I guess. I, you know, I'm not going to try to explain because I can't, you know, just uh, where it is. But he says, we need prayer right now. And that's why I bring it up right away here. We need prayer right now for... God's wisdom, God's heart, and what's best. You know, we're dad and mom, but then for, like, I think there was still some breathing apparatus maybe there that was, that they hadn't taken off or something like that. And whether to do that or not, you know, those kind of questions. And... So they were kind of back to that mode again. They thought they were past it, but then here it was again this morning. And, and he said, tell everybody we love them. You are our family. He said, we love, that. We love you. And, and then uh, please pray about this. And so uh, I just got off the phone and Calvin was there and he prayed, prayed such a good prayer for that. So we already covered it with, with that, but uh, now we're, we're going to do it with all of us for that wisdom of what to do right now for them. You know what, Calvin, why don't you just come up here? <laughs> Let's stand up. Let's have everybody stand up. and. Uh, just pray what's on your heart now. I know you did earlier from your heart, from your spirit. So but for Kent and Chantel and just whatever the Lord puts there, okay? Yes, Lord. We come to you as little Matthew's fam family, Lord. He's like our own. And Lord, we come to you as master of the universe. 
most powerful. You made us. You made this whole world. Lord, we ask that you come with your Holy Spirit, give us the answer, tell us what to do. Lord, we don't know in Chantel and Kent, they need to know what to do, Lord. Right now, you come with your Holy Spirit, speak to them. Lord, send an angel. Let them see it. What to do. Lord, you can bring healing to this little boy. You can make his brain 100% real, fully 100% restored. We know this, Lord. If you have other plans, Lord, you've got to talk to us. And Lord, any, anybody in this congregation that, has, that you have talked to about this, let them come forth and give us a word. In Jesus' name, we just, we're, we just beseech you in this. Lord, we all love you and we love this family. Lord, go on our behalf. In Jesus' name, yes. amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You may have a seat. Um, so we wanted to do that. We wanted to pray for them right now, as we did. I'm going to share a little bit more about these things in a few moments, but I think I'm going to start into a message here, and then we'll go as that direction as the Lord directs directs us. But the message we have for today is repentance is turning to the light of life. And a summary would be, because of his great love for us, God offers us the opportunity to turn from the things of darkness and death in this world and toward the things of light and life. And you know, oftentimes, the word repent, it has negative connotations for some people, particularly if we grew up in a legalistic church or had legalistic parents. <clears throat> where the need for repentance came across in a hard-handed way. So why does God want us to repent? Because he really doesn't like us that much? He just wants to force us to walk in line with his list of rules and regulations? No. He desires that we repent because he loves us and he wants what's best for us. Matthew 4.16 says, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, <clears throat> Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus brought light to the darkness in the earth, so now we can see what is truth, and then he calls us to repent and live in the life of his kingdom. So what does Jesus mean by saying repent? Well, Strong's Dictionary says to think differently or afterwards reconsider, repent. My Spirit-filled life Bible, repentance is a decision that results in a change of mind in which turn, in turn leads to a change of focus, direction, actions, and words. And Jesus was exhorting the people to turn from the kingdom of darkness and death to his kingdom, the kingdom of light and life. Romans 2.4 says, Or do you despise the richness of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance? We have a photo there, uh, from, and that's taken from the Passion Translation. Um, which says, do you realize that all the wealth of his extravagant kindness is meant to melt your heart and lead you to repentance? There's a couple of footnotes there in this Bible. The first one says the Aramaic word for kindness can be translated sweetness. There's a sweetness 
in God that leads us to this repentance. And then also, a second footnote, the Aramaic can be translated, do you not know, do you now know that it is the fulfillment of God, the fulfillment of God to bring you blessings? That's what repentance is. So turning from a focus on darkness to light, it will bring a life-altering change of direction to our lives and affect us in every way possible. You know, and that's true even in the midst of storms, even storms like these that we're talking about. Now the truth is, our hearts hurt and we grieve for what Kent and Chantel have had to go through this week. But yet what we want to do is we want to have the life and light focus in the midst of it. Then we can bring life and light to them. Amen? You see what I'm saying? Zoe life, the God kind of life. It, that kind of an orientation, a life orientation. And Jesus say, said that he came to earth to bring us life. And he was talking about the kind of life that is the God kind of life, that Zoe life. John 10.10, 10, you're probably familiar, very familiar with this scripture. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and enjoy life, Zoe, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. And this kind of life, it's experienced through a oneness with God in our relationship, our fellowship with him. And without this life, we're separated. Without this life, this eternal God kind of life, we're separated from God, from love, from joy, from peace, and all the other attributes of God. And Jesus is referring here to a life versus death being evidenced in every aspect of our existence, every detail of our being, and I listed some here. In our spirit, our soul, our mind, emotions, our body, our finances, family, other relationships, church, workplace, school, that his life would be there, his life. And through Jesus Christ, we can receive life impact in the place of death impact in all these areas. And we would walk in the light. Walk in the light. I believe there's an illustration there illustrating that. That's where we're to walk in the light, even in the midst of the storm, even when there's darkness all around us, to walk in the light. And it does come through the cross. It all comes through the Lord Jesus Christ, his cross, the blood of Jesus, his great redemption that's come for us. That's the thing with us as believers, and it's the thing for Mathis today, that uh, in, the, in the end he will win. In life or death, we are winners. And we're eternal beings who will live forever. Who will live forever. And when we see the light through God's word, we need to make a decision to walk in it. And then we'll be changing our direction from darkness to the light. And that is repentance. It's turning from the darkness to the light and walking in it. That's repentance. And if we haven't been thinking or acting or talking like the Bible is the truth in a specific part of our life, we can turn to the light and live our lives as though we are actually do believe the Word of God. And that's true in relation to storms of life. Now we've been focusing on the storm that the Dudleys are going through. But you may have other storms in your life right now too that you're dealing with. Lots of different kinds of storms we can go through. But how are we going to walk there? Are we going to walk off into the darkness or stay in that path of light? that comes to us through Jesus and the cross.
Repentance isn't necessarily an intense motion, emotion, although emotions can be involved. You know, sometimes we think of that. We think of repentance Well, you come up to the altar and you cry or whatever, which can happen. But that's not, I mean, that's not the, it's not necessarily. It's not, that doesn't have to be there, put it that way. It varies a lot from one person to another. It's not necessarily a flow of tears, although tears can be involved as well. But a major part of repentance is turning away from that darkness or sin or walk, and walking within the bounds of God's light and his life. And sin is walking outside of that light and life. And you know, if we, if we know that our Heavenly Father wants us to do something and we don't do it, well, that's sin. If we know that He doesn't want us to do something and we do it, that's sin. And sin is walking out of or missing the mark, the life mark, the mark of life that God is desiring for us and the result of living this way is not good for us. The results are not good for those living around us either. You know, the word says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And there's lots of shades or types of death in this world. There's fear, sickness, unforgiveness. Sin is walking out of light and into the darkness. Sin is walking out of life. And we could say that sin is walking out of what is good. We could say that sin is walking into what is bad. Something that is sin or missing the mark with God is always detrimental to you and me. That's why it's sin in God's eyes. He is our loving Heavenly Father and He desires only what is good, what is going to be good for you. That's His desire. I'll say it again. If it's sin, you can know that it's bad for you. But God has established lines, guidelines, so we can see what is good for us and what's bad for us. He knows what is good for us and what is bad for us in this year of 2020. He can see it. You know, we can put up photo number four there. This is a picture of a mother giving directions to her child. And it's just like a parent who knows what's good for their child and establishes lines, establishes lines for them not to cross. Parents know that their child will get hurt if they walk outside of the lines that they have established for them to follow. And if we walk in the light of what God, of what we know from God's word, we will not be walking in darkness anymore and get hurt. But like walking in a dark room and stubbing a shin or a toe on a piece of furniture or bouncing our head off the wall, you know, that's what happens when we're going and walking in darkness. Psalm 18.28 says, God, all at once, you turned on the floodlight for me. You are the revelation light in my darkness, and in your brightness I can see the path ahead. And we see that picture again of walking in the light. Hallelujah. When the light of God's word shines upon our life and our thoughts, our words, and our actions, revealing that we are out of bounds, then we need to make a decision. A defining moment lies before us. It's even like when we're walking through the midst of a storm, the Lord can show us his light and what's the right path in the midst of it. Will we continue to walk outside of what we have seen as the truth and suffer the miserable consequences? Or will we turn back to the way of life and begin to experience the joys of walking in the light? And our decision in all these days of our lives 
in this year of 2020 will make a big determining factor in where we are on December 31 of 2020. The question is, when we see the light, will we repent? Will we turn and walk toward the light when we see we've gotten off track? Will we turn to the truth? Will we make changes when we see that we have missed it? So, one of these areas where I believe we can get into darkness, and I found it myself when we go through a storm, like many, some of us anyway, depends how close you are specifically to the Dudley family, you feel like you've been walking right through that storm with them in a lot of ways. And, you know, I've found myself, there's times when I have felt in these last few days, sometimes condemnation or heaviness, oppressive darkness, sometimes depression, doubt, unbelief will try to encroach, even blaming God and so forth will try to come. Is that walking in the light? Just say, no. <laughs> no, it's not. But does anybody ever do it? You know, we go through these things, and we know that's what Kent and Chantel are dealing with now, too. That struggle, that fight. That's what's there, but we know that when we get off of the track, why don't we just keep that picture of the cross up there? Maybe it still is. But when we get out, out of that, it's, it's, it's not good for us or for those around us. And like if we're trying to bring encouragement to someone that's going through it, we, we need to stay in the light ourselves. But I tell you, we surely can easily get off. But then we just need to repent. That's where repentance is. It's turning. It's getting back into the light. And the great, one of the greatest things, I believe, you know, sometimes we run out of things to say. Well, you know what? Sometimes we don't have to say. We just love them. We just love each other. And we all have times when we just need somebody to give us a hug or whatever. I was telling, I forget who it was earlier this morning, that when my dad passed away, it was like three in the morning. It was a Sunday morning. And, you know, those kind of nights you don't sleep real great, you know. You, Maybe sleep, but it's kind of different. And I woke up early. Joyce and I actually weren't scheduled to even be here that morning. We were going to be in Phillips, South Dakota to help with the ordination service of a pastor from Black Duck that had moved there. But we ended up turning around and coming back, and we stayed overnight at our place, and the next morning I woke up, I just couldn't wait to get to church. You know why? Because of you. I needed to get that hug, that hug from you. Uh, that's, that's what loved ones do, that's what families do. And, uh, and I got them, you know. I'm so thankful for it. You know, we grieve with those who grieve, we weep with those who weep. But we don't want to get into the things I mentioned earlier. We don't want to get into condemnation, allow the heaviness or oppressive darkness or depression. We got to watch out for doubt and unbelief or, or blaming God for things. Um, we can't get there. When we do, I'm not saying we never do, I'm saying when we do, we need to turn. That's that repentance again. See that? It's the kindness, it's the sweetness of God that leads us to repentance. I'm talking about whatever situation you're going through today, or you have been maybe this week, or whatever it is. Stay in the Word. Stay strong in the Word because it shows us that light. It shows us the truth where we are to walk. There are some things that we simply need to entrust to God and receive his peace for the situation. 
yesterday morning, I definitely sensed a peace there over Kent as he was speaking to me. It was still there today, but because of their needing to make more decisions, you know how that is. It can try to get back on you again. And so that's why he asked for prayer and we prayed. Um, And we must determine that it is God's word that proclaims to us what is truth and not life circumstances. You know, when we have seasons, you know, last Sunday I I spoke to you and I, I could hardly say it. But a pastor friend of mine passed away uh, that I've known for 25, 30 years, Pastor Roland Weaver from Hibbing. He's 62 years old. Um, and we, I don't know, some of you probably know who Kobe Bryant is. Is anybody that doesn't know, I'll put it that way. You don't know? Well, he was, I guess I've heard he was probably one of the best basketball players that I played in the NBA. And uh, he, I know when we were on our way back from Joyce's family on the radio, Kobe Bryant's plane or helicopter just crashed and crashed into the mountain. And he and his daughter and some others died. And uh, so it's like there's been this, you could call it, I, I use the word encroachment, I guess, but of this kind of stuff that I've felt the last week or a couple weeks. And uh, so what do we do? Where do we walk? Where do we talk? What do we think? I find myself starting to get off of that that road, the right road sometimes. Anybody else here have that? You get into the darkness and we know that's not good. It's not going to be good for me or for others. That my life is going to touch. You know your life touches other lives all the time. Wherever you are, in your home, in the workplace, in the church, So we want to walk in the light, even in the midst of the storm. Like the song says, like we sang this morning. One note that was just a blessing to me, the last night I was reading through um, some things that pop up on my, uh, what do you call that? on my iPad, but Google, on the Google thing there, when I go to look something up, there's things under there, under there that are news items or whatever. But it was talking about Kobe Bryant, so I clicked on it, because it said something about final prayers. And, and, and it was describing how Kobe and his family went to this church in Los Angeles, and that morning he had other things going on, so he went to church actually before the service he went to the church sometime between 6 and because the service started at 7, he had already been there Uh, and he was coming out the door when the other people were coming in for the 7 o'clock service, so he was there early that's earlier than I get to church that's pretty neat, and he had been praying That blessed my heart because I had no idea that if he had any relationship with the Lord, I kind of had indicators because of his life and what I, I had heard some positive things about his life. Um, you see, those that are believers that have gone on I believe that they're now cheering us from the heavenly grandstands and desiring that we continue in the truth and hold forth the word of truth. Uh, 
and there are some things we are not going to understand. But you know what? We have the Bible. We have the truth. And we need to keep our eyes fixed on that in the midst of a storm. And we cannot let the circumstances of life determine what we believe. We need to allow the Bible to determine what we believe. Amen? We just have to do that. That's, that is the way to life. That is the way to light. It's the way to life. It's the way to life. Um, I forgot my little booklet. Forgot the Bible down here too. <clears throat> Yesterday I read I was reading the book Don't Blame God. because I sensed myself starting to get off of this track a little bit, having thoughts of blaming God for some things, because I didn't like it. I didn't like what was happening to my little brother, Mathis. I didn't like what was happening to my precious brother, Kent, and sister, Chantel. Chantel. And so what do you do? I got in the Word, but then I got into this. A little booklet. You know, and the Lord will show you what to do if you listen. If we listen, here's a little book. Can you read what it says? Don't blame God. Why would somebody write a book like that? Because we blame God sometimes for stuff. Well, he's not the one to blame, I'll tell you that. But Kenneth Hagin... He's someone that has helped me so much in the area of faith and believing and healing and all that. Well, he wrote this little booklet. And I'm going to read a section out of it. This is toward the end of it. <clears throat> it's called Secret Things. It said, people have asked me why some of my relatives did not get healed. I have asked the Lord the same question. That is a secret between them and me, the Lord told me once when I prayed about it. He said very plainly, it's none of your business. You keep preaching healing and leave that question alone. Don't even touch it in your thought life. Sometimes there is a reason why a person does not get healed. It is a private matter between them and the Lord, and he does not tell everyone else about it. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us. After my sister died at age 55 of cancer, I lay on my bed meditating, and this was right after she died. It was before the funeral service. I believe. Suddenly it seemed like I left my body. I was up in heaven. There was my sister and Jesus, and they were standing talking to each other. Her back was toward me. I don't know what Jesus was saying, but when he saw me, he stopped talking and he looked at me and my sister turned and looked to me. She said, Kenneth, don't feel so badly. <clears throat> don't don't feel so badly. But you couldn't pray the prayer of faith for me. There was a reason you couldn't. I suffered a lot. 
But since it's all over and I'm here, I wouldn't have it any other way. You couldn't help me, but you can help Joy. That was her daughter. In the spirit, I saw myself ministering that coming Sunday night to my niece. The vision took place on a Thursday night. We buried my sister on Saturday. On Sunday night, the pastor says, I don't know what it is, Brother Haken, but God wants you to do something. Feel free to do whatever it is. I told the congregation what I had seen in my vision. I called Joy forward. Joy had had numerous shock treatments. She walked around like a robot. We had to give her such elementary instructions as put your arm down and close your mouth. I found myself casting three demons out of joy and her whole countenance changed. She has completely been free ever since. I don't know why I could not help my sister, but we know according to the scripture that God was not to blame for her death. I knew a pastor who was very strong on preaching that healing belongs to all of us. A woman asked him, how can you be so positive it is the will of God to heal everybody when you lost your own daughter when she was 13? The pastor replied, we haven't lost her. She's over. I was telling Calvin, it seems the older I get, the more emotional I get. And he said, you know, I'm the same way, so I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> <coughs> We haven't lost her. She's over in the Father's house. We didn't lose the battle. We just lost one round. I stand in faith. I like that song, Josiah. What's the very last line we're saying? We win in the end? Is that, where's Josiah? How does it go? Because... We win in the end because Jesus is king. A lot of times we wait until it's too late to do something. Hope says, I'll get healed sometime. Heart faith says, it's mine now. About seven years after a certain pastor's wife died of cancer. Oh, he goes into another story there, I'm sorry. That, but anyway, yeah, if you want to read more of, of that, uh, there's a number of them at the Welcome Center. Uh, see, these are, those are the things we do. The Word, of course, is primary, the Bible, but little booklets like this, there, there are scriptures throughout them. And uh, they can help us when we start getting off the path of light and life, which is what is good for us and will be good for those around us. And you know, with, with, with us, like if I go through something or, if, or, or you, if there's a loved one who passes or something, you know, we don't have to explain everything. We need to love them. We just need to love them. You know, that's also true if I'm the one that misses it or, or gets into off in the ditch myself. I really don't need a big lecture. Hello? 
I need love, not a lecture. The only way you're going to be able to help me to get back on the track is if, if I sense your love for me, then my heart will open to your constructive word from the word and the truth. If I feel like you're bringing me into condemnation and trying to convict or to condemn me, my heart's going to close right up. You're not going to be able to help me. We want to be a place here where hearts are open to each other because we love each other. Because believe me, each of us go through something sometimes. Just the way it is. We go through the storms. And that's what we are. And that's what we're going to be. And that's where we're going to be for the Dudleys in these days ahead. I wish I could give you a more clear thing on exactly where things are at with, with Mathis, so for, but I, I did my best for now, unless we try to call Kent again. <clears throat> Why don't you give me the give me the phone, Joyce? There, the cell phone. I'll just see once if he happens to be. <clears throat> Available and free. A lot of times it doesn't work because they're with consultation and everything, but. Jesus, we worship you. Tell you what, worship team, why don't you go up while we're waiting on this. Just get up there and you can pick whatever song you feel is the right one for closing here. I just can't leave me a message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Just say, the tones say, we love you, okay? I'll give you the signal. We love you. That's your church family, Kent and Chantel and Mathis, if you're still hearing. We love you. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Okay. We'll sing whatever song. Yeah, what song are we going to do? We'll tell the audiovisual guys. Which one? Okay. Raise a hallelujah, guys. This this song, does anybody know good how this song was written? Do you know, Dan? You do? Okay. Okay, let's stand up together and we'll get ready to sing this song, which surely will tell us the, how this song came to be, I guess you'd say. <clears throat> I think it's on. It's working. Hello. Yeah, it's on. Yeah. Bethel College, um, uh, the prayer minister there uh, wrote this song in response to one of the students at Bethel College's um, sons who was in very critical condition. And that song just rose up in him. And he just wrote it, and they sang it. And what was so interesting is what I saw on TV, they showed the little boy who made it through just being in his dad's arms. So it was so wonderful. But that song came out of a 
much of a situation like Matthias, where there was no hope, but there was hope. Amen. Okay. Well, let's sing it together. In the presence of my enemies, I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah, my weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah Heaven comes to fight for me And I'm gonna sing In the middle of the storm Louder and louder You can hear my praises roar Up from the ashes Hope will arise Death is
about it, but let's get back, let's get back on that track of life. Welcome you to the fellowship meal. Please stay if you can for, it's a free fellowship meal, and uh, if you would like prayer for something, to receive Christ as your Savior, or the baptism in the Spirit, or prayer for healing, or whatever it may be, there'll be ministers up here to pray with you. Or just catch someone out there and have them pray for you too. So, praise God. Okay. Yeah, you can sing something as we go. That's great. There's nothing worth more. That will ever come close No thing can compare Your honoring Your presence, Lord I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves My heart becomes free And my shame is us
Oh yeah, it's happened, bro. 